Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host, Grace Goller. Hello, welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm Grace Gawley, your host, and it's delightful to be with you today to discuss this very important area of survivorship and how one manages survivorship, how indeed one becomes a survivor of cancer. So during my 40 years of cancer service, I've observed how thousands of patients approach their return to health. I've had a wonderful opportunity to see so many individuals doing so many different things, so many different approaches to their cancer. And from that, I've been able to glean a lot of strategies that patients can follow and uh, use in their own healing journey. So many patients I've observed became what I'd call active participants. These are what I'd call the exceptional patients, the patients who really put in, they really strived to survive. And it doesn't necessarily mean being an exceptional patient or being a survivor that you've overcome your disease. And I think this is something we need to redefine. But I have seen these people who are active participants really apply the strategies that in fact I've taught for decades and I've used myself as a survivor from a life-threatening condition. So I call this approach participatory medicine. It means that you are a participant in your recovery. You're a participant in your treatment plan. You're a participant, in fact, in becoming a survivor. In recent times, however, I've also noticed that many patients uh, have become very much influenced by what we call as Dr. Google PhD. It's a dangerous trend and it has forced some cancer patients into actually adopting a one-size-fits-all approach rather than being empowered to follow their own path and to find strategies that are going to work for them to help them navigate the cancer maze effectively. And I think this is perhaps today one of our biggest obstacles in helping cancer patients because there's so much available on the internet But how can you possibly research this? And I guess the thrust of today's um, talk here on navigating the cancer maze is that no one has ever taught you how to be a cancer patient. For most people, it's come upon you just out of the blue, unexpected. One day you're a person that's going to work and you're quite normal and uh, you have all your family, your friends around you. The next day you become this person that's a patient and somehow there's a loss of identity that can come with that and also some disempowerment especially when you can get caught up so quickly in systems of which you have no experience. So we're going to take a little look at these things today on navigating the cancer maze and the aim of the show is really to help you find a path through the cancer maze 
by learning how to become an exceptional patient with the possibility, and I think possibility is a really good word to use here, of living through and beyond the cancer experience. You know, like many of life's major crisis events, cancer is a really daunting prospect. It has so many aspects and avenues within it that affect so many parts of our life. In order to survive and thrive, your cancer diagnosis requires you, I think, to learn and develop a new skill set. Now, as I said, no one's trained you in the past to be a cancer patient. If you were at university and you were going to train to be an engineer, you got to learn step by step by step all the things that were involved about how to be perhaps the best engineer that you could possibly be. But when cancer's the issue, it's very, very daunting because the skill set is often not there. And I have known people who highly intelligent people who um, even are sort of studying in the realms of spirituality and personal development. But when they get cancer, the word has such power that it also disempowers them. And uh, that's what we're trying to uh, help people with by developing some toolkits and developing some strategies to help you navigate the cancer maze. I think one of the first things that happens to most people who are diagnosed with cancer, whether it's acknowledged or not, is that there is a trauma. And that trauma can be post-traumatic stress disorder if it's not attended to in the early stage of your diagnosis of cancer. And what happens is, in my experience, if you've had a lot of other life traumas prior to this that you've pushed through and you've done your best to survive through, when you have a diagnosis of cancer, it's like they all catch up with you at once. And it really feels, and so many patients have said this to me, it just feels like someone's pulled the plug on my life and now I, I, I just don't know where to go and what to do. I've always managed so well before. So these are the things over a 40-year um, experience in working with cancer patients that I have heard. All decisions at this time, particularly when you're feeling traumatised, can feel really overwhelming because your life depends on those decisions and, importantly, the consequences of making them. So it's perhaps the most important time of your life that you will make a decision. And indeed, there is an immediate need to focus, to plan, to question, to question the people who are offering you treatments, to question your family, your friends, setting goals, preparing for setbacks. I think preparing for setbacks is very understated in the whole realm of dealing with cancer. If you are prepared for a setback, in other words, if you know, okay, well, if treatment X and if treatment Y's, Y fails me, well, then I know that there's another set of treatments out there or another path that I can try. I think when you've got this, I call it the insurance policy, um, when you've got this little kit of other things that you can be doing or can do in a time of a setback, you are well prepared for it. It's a bit like uh, being in the Girl Guides or the Boy Scouts, you know, being prepared for what's ahead. 
if one puts one's head in the sand around this area, that's when I think there's a lot of extra trauma that can come. So whether or not you're a first-time cancer patient listening to the show today or if you're dealing with a third or uh, even a fourth recurrence, if you've been battling on your own, there is still so much that you can learn. And I think every cancer patient who's been through um, my uh, consultations, my seminars over the past 40 years has brought with them to me a lot of wisdom and hopefully that's what I can translate to you. I can distill that wisdom and um, the experiences that they've had, the choices that they've made and the things that they have said, well, I wish I'd known that at the beginning and I might have made a different choice. So at the Grace Gawler Institute, we're based in Australia, we're based on the Gold Coast, and uh, we actually run a survivor training course. Now, we haven't got this as yet as a webinar or as something that you can get on the internet, but we actually are planning this because we know we uh, we certainly can't have everybody uh, around who needs this kind of work in our seminars. But do inquire because that's um, off in the near future that we will be doing that. But for folks in Australia or the Gold Coast indeed or anywhere in Queensland, we are having a survivor training course. So a lot of the material that can be expanded upon from this program and even some new material, the experience that's been learned over 40 years of working with cancer patients will actually be presented at that two-day program that we're going to be running towards the end of March. Now, if you want to have a look at that, please go to the website, gracegawlerinstitute.com, and uh, just go to the area that says Survivor Training. You'll find that on the menu at the top. And uh, if you'd like to inquire more or have a brochure sent, please do inquire. We do have some places left although it's filling fast. So I'd like to talk a little bit more now about cancer diagnosis and what actually happens around that area because it's a very important part of the survivorship. We've really um, wanted today to focus on how you can become a survivor and how you can navigate the cancer maze. So I guess first of all, um, it's important that we define what is survivorship because this is a different term, means different things to different people. So I'd like to define that in perhaps two ways. I think the first way is someone who's disease-free after the complete, sorry, the completion of treatments. Um, this is your typical idea of survivorship. And sometimes it's people that have had a cure and are living on. But that to me is quite a limited view of what survivorship really is. So the other angle on this, and I think it's a much more relative one, is about people who are living with, through or beyond the cancer experience. So this may include people who are surviving but continue to have treatments either reducing the risk of their recurrence or by managing disease that is chronic. So, for instance, this might be somebody who has bone metastases from breast cancer. They haven't actually 
gotten through the experience of cancer. They're still dealing with it, but they are in the realms of survivorship because every day that they survive is another day that they survive, every month, every year that goes on. And if I think back to patients that I had in my practice, you know, 25, 30 years ago, I still get postcards, Christmas cards, the occasional hello on an email from some of these people who in those days were considered to have very serious disease, including bone secondaries. Now, these people are just people managing their disease. They're going on with their life. They're having a spot treatment here. Um, One lady I've um, had some contact with recently said, oh, yes, I've still got my bone mets and I have a little bit of radiation here and a little bit there. And when something new comes along, my oncologist says, here, try this. And um, I'm really doing very well. So I think we shouldn't get confused with survivorship as being someone who's through and clear of cancer. And I think today we're going to see a lot more of this second group of people who are living and surviving very well with cancer that is being treated from time to time as if it was a chronic degenerative illness, perhaps something like arthritis, where the new treatments are coming out, cancer gets treated, and a period of time may even elapse when they're clear, but then it comes back again. And that may be the reality, indeed, of many people's experience with cancer. Bernie Siegel, who's probably well known to uh, some of you who listen to the show, um, Bernie was a surgeon who really hit upon the idea of a group called Exceptional Cancer Patients. And Bernie's Exceptional Cancer Patients were indeed people who were often in this second phase of living through and beyond um, their cancer, but along the way, maybe having the odd setback. And again, that's why it's important to deal with setbacks and know about setbacks in the beginning and have some plans. Because if you do have a setback and you don't have a plan, you can really have everything fall apart very quickly because that trauma and that shock of diagnosis or other life experiences that have come before your diagnosis of cancer can really start to catch up with you at that time. Um, And there's many other things around that um, area too, which we'll talk about in our second session today. And just to mention briefly, when you are a cancer patient, you get to meet a lot of other cancer patients. You get to make friends with cancer patients. Quite often, cancer patients are mainly your circle of friends. And what can happen as some people don't make it through the journey, who you've become friendly with, they can represent a real challenge for you as you try to navigate the cancer maze. So we're going to come back after the break and we're going to specifically deal with that. And as well today, I'm going to be giving you a lot of different tools for navigating the cancer maze, no matter what stage at cancer uh, you are experiencing. So always remember, you can go to the website, graceschoolerinstitute.com and especially go to graceschoolermedia.com. GraceGallandMedia.com has the resources and references from every Navigating the Cancer Maze episode. And there'll be a lot of relevant things there as well as links and uh, downloads that you can get from that page. So that's GraceGallandMedia.com. Don't go away. We're going to be back very shortly on Navigating the Cancer Maze, talking more about survivorship. Survivorship. 
Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute, as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Scholar Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegollarinstitute.com or email institute at gracegollar.com. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back after the break. I'm Grace Gawley, your host on Navigating the Cancer Maze and today talking about survivorship one of my favorite topics actually to talk about with patients because I think, uh, as we said earlier um, today, when you're first diagnosed with cancer, you've never had any experience before in how to be a cancer patient. And there are so many things that you can learn, so many tools that you can develop along the way. And uh, it's really helpful if you know about these so that you can start to plan your recovery. I call it a health restoration plan. And it's not just something that comes along willy-nilly as you're bumbling your way through the cancer maze. The way I'm talking about is very focused, very defined. Uh, It's a way of knowing what you're doing, being flexible enough to change your direction as you go through the maze, as things evolve, Um, be able to goal set, being very practical and using what we call wise mind. Now, wise mind is different than emotional mind and you have to be very, very cautious as a cancer patient that you don't make decisions just very quickly out of an an emotional choice or indeed the emotional choice of others around you. And you have to really watch out for that one. Um, There are many different ways for different people, but using the basic strategies, you can navigate the cancer maze far, far better than just either doing it as an isolated person or being buffeted around by good old Dr. Google and getting very confused. So we've defined uh, survivorship 
Um, I think, uh, as I said before the break, the Bernie Siegel group of exceptional cancer patients is a very, very good model to follow. I think um, many people who survive cancer um, deal with many, many aspects, and I'd just like to go through some of those. You know, do, do, how do you cope with a survivor label, for instance? Um, that can be very challenging indeed. And I have found in the past when I've hired cancer patients, and this was many, many years ago in my first organisation, and um, I realised that by actually hiring patients to work with patients, that I was setting up a little bit of a precedent for them because they felt as if they had to really hold up a light. They needed to be the shining example of what it was like to be a recovered patient. And this, I realised, became very stressful indeed for these patients. And many of those patients actually did fall into recurrence. And when I spoke to them afterwards, they said, you know, I've loved working with the patients, but I never realised how stressful it was to be this survivor and for everybody to see you as the survivor and think that they're all going to be able to do what you have done. And that was quite an eye-opener for me uh, that many of these people disclosed. And so I was very cautious then of uh, inviting people into the organisations that I've had who have been patients. Self-care is so, so important for cancer patients. Good boundaries, developing good healthy boundaries is very important. So being a survivor can come with a lot of things that you never, ever expected and put a lot of extra stresses, strains and anxieties onto you as the patient. So I'd really invite you, if you're in that situation of being a survivor, be very careful how you use your energies because the last thing you'd want to do is to overuse your energies. It's a wonderful thing to help other people, uh, but you always must take care of yourself in the process. And if you feel like too much energy is going out, do something to turn that around and to stop the energy leak, as I call it. Now let's move on here to what to expect when you survive cancer. We've just touched on that a little bit, but I'd like to go more in depth here because I think cancer survivors also have mixed emotions, especially when they've completed active treatments. Now, this time is a real double-edged sword for people dealing with cancer. Many patients have told me they had such a tremendous sense of relief when their treatment was over. They couldn't wait. In fact, they imagined what it would be like the day that the chemo finished or the radiation finished and then they would be walking out of the hospital and just how wonderful it was going to be to leave all that behind. But you know, it often doesn't happen like that because suddenly a new issue emerges it's quite unexpected and it's about anxiety about the future now that there's no more treatment. And it's a place that oh, probably 90%, I'd say, of the thousands of patients that I've dealt with over the years have identified this to me at some time. Some of them have been able to see it in the current time when they've been going through this and other patients have identified it 
later and looked back and said, oh my God, that was just such an important time. And I really didn't realize what was going on. I found this empty hole and I wasn't expecting that. One of the issues also that people have related to me is the care that their health care team has given them has suddenly ended. Um, that's come a little bit unexpectedly for them. So they weren't prepared or briefed for that next change. And as I said, the void can become very evident when the treatment drops away, the hospital or the treatment centre drops away, the healthcare people, your relationship with them ends. And then some patients have said, wow, this is like the period of the empty nest syndrome when my children left home. Um, there's this hole there and I'm not sure how to fill it. I don't know if I'm a cancer patient anymore because my treatment's finished. Uh, they say I'm probably clear. I'm in a watch and wait time. So this is the time when anxieties and fears can really surface. And it can be a very, very tricky time because relationship, even relationship with your significant others, with friends, with work colleagues, perhaps you've been out of work for a period of time and now you're going to be going back into the work environment. Things have changed, you know, and while you've been being a cancer patient, life has gone on for other people. And your relationship with these people will have changed through the cancer experience. So this can be very tricky too. While you can be having your quiet concerns and some fears and anxiety about the future or what's going to happen now, the friends around you may not want to talk about your cancer. In the beginning, they may have. But now you've been through your experience, you've been through your treatment, and you know a lot of people, they kind of want to move away from, from this. They don't want to talk about it. That's one of the problems with cancer indeed in our society. It has so many connotations and so many people have had an experience with cancer, with a relative, with a friend, even many, many years ago where they've watched a loved one who hasn't made it through um, their cancer. And those experiences run very, very deep for people. So you may find that this is going to happen, that friends, family, work people don't want to talk about cancer and you need to be prepared for that. Otherwise, this time can be really challenging and really isolating. The other challenge for survivorship, as we mentioned briefly, is dealing with the death of fellow patients. So along the way, I have found that very little is talked about this. I had a wonderful group of patients many years ago that all had spectacular remissions and recoveries, complete responses to treatment. They're a little group of four ladies and they all bonded incredibly well. They had lunches planned. They went to the movies. They did all kinds of things. They went to the theatre together. So through their cancer experience, they had bonded in a really, really special way. But what happened over a period of years was very slowly members of the group succumbed to the cancer that they had. And we had one survivor of that group, and she really struggled with um, just the loss of her friends because her whole life had actually been 
now supported around this group of ladies that were no longer there for her. And uh, she eventually succumbed to her own cancer, although she'd had a very spectacular um, complete recovery from liver cancer as a result of primary colon cancer. She found this particular um, time very stressful, a lot of anxiety. She felt really guilty as the person who was surviving after all of her friends had left, and she felt very isolated. So they're very complex issues, but they're, they're issues that it's good to know about, perhaps to think about, perhaps to talk about with um, some people who you can talk with. And that may be a, a counsellor or someone that you trust, someone you're seeing as a part of your cancer. I think it's really essential for everybody to have a person that they can trust, they can speak with about these issues, whether it's a, a trusted neighbour or friend or a professional if you don't have that, I think it's really, really helpful to journal, to write about your experience, and write about your experience of survivorship. Um, I have been privy to some exceptional journals that people have uh, written over the years, both from some long-term survivors as well as people who survived for a period of time and then eventually succumbed to their illness. And there's some absolute gems within those pages and uh, families have often just been in awe of what they've read from some of these journals of uh, patients. And in talking about um, the way that you may relate with other patients that are friends who have cancer, it's very important then to develop your strategies because, you know, none of us really ever know what the future is going to bring. And it's important for you as a patient that if you are experiencing the loss of some of your, your fellow cancer patients, that you don't get caught up in that, that you have some way of feeling the experience, grieving the experience, but not taking it on as yourself. Because really you can become so dispirited in this process and it's easy to be swept away in the field of what-ifs about the future. So you've got to remember that those patients were themselves with their cancer and you and your cancer are individual to you. And that's something that I have really learned in the last 40 years, the individuality, the life circumstances, so many things are surrounding people in the cancer journey. So across the board in cancer, really, there's no one size fits all. Everybody's experience is unique. Everyone's is individual. We're going to be back shortly on Navigating the Cancer Maze. We're taking a short break now. Don't go away. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute, as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Scholar Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegolarinstitute.com or email institute at gracegolar.com. 
Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back. We're on Navigating the Cancer Maze today. I'm Grace Gawler, your host, and we're talking about survivorship I'd like to move in um, now to talking a little bit about relationships and uh, also getting back to normal, what is normal after the experience of cancer because these are important aspects of survivorship. I think um, fear of recurrence is something that's very big for all survivors to deal with and uh, having a healthy respect for the fact that you may have a recurrence is quite different to a fear of recurrence which can really overwhelm you. If you think that you are in that bracket of someone who's got a real fear, a genuine fear of recurrence, it may be that you need to see a counsellor, perhaps a psychologist could be really helpful, someone who does what's called psycho-oncology, who really understands um, all of these different aspects of cancer that a patient must deal with. Also, I think something that comes in here, um, sometimes the chemical soup in the brain can really be affecting how we're dealing with cancer. And sometimes things that we want to do, like perhaps meditation or stress reduction, are only putting icing on this cake. And sometimes it's a good idea to seek out even some medications that can help you Um, with depression or anxiety because this is a big issue don't be embarrassed to ask about this if you are experiencing any of this as a survivor because uh, I see it as really quite normal and quite natural and just sometimes we don't have enough oomph and enough kind of energy to sort of push through that kind of um, anxiety and or depression and or both that can go with a fear of recurrence. So I think uh, also going back for routine tests, routine monitoring, having a GP is really very, very important um, because you may not get to see the specialist very often once you're in that realm of the survivorship. It might be every three months, could even be out to every six months. So the GP is the very important link. And uh, if you've listened to the Navigating the Cancer Maze with Dr. Bruce Whelan, it's one of the reasons why in my practice I have a specialist GP who's working with me 
because we can give people the best of both worlds and we are the link between, we're the conduit, if you like, between all the other systems of medicine and we can just keep our finger on the pulse to help people through these really difficult times and we can often identify things that would normally go under the radar if you weren't seeing a health professional. So I really, really encourage you to get a good working relationship with a GP. If you don't have a GP at the moment, find one, get recommendations from friends. You may even have to go along to a couple of GPs. You don't want the GP who's going to give you the five-minute consultation. You need a GP who's going to be empathic with your situation, spend time with you, and do those very, very important aspects of monitoring you along through the cancer maze. Now, getting back to normal comes all into this process that we've just been talking about. Um, I think getting routines is very important. Getting back into things that you used to love in your past life before you had cancer and maybe even when you were perhaps even a teenager. Look at rekindling things that brought you a lot of pleasure, um, relive your your passions if you like if you um, used to enjoy dancing in the old days go back go to a dance class find something that really is going to lift your spirits and lift your spirits in a very genuine way because these are the things that really make life worth living um, you might get back to your your workplace you might try to make new friends you might talk less about your cancer to your friends and more about your cancer to your counsellor. Um, it's important to feel like that you have a place in the world, you are worthwhile, you are productive, you are enjoying life. And if you have um, children and grandchildren, think of the legacy that you can leave them through your experience of facing such tremendous adversity and being able to carve your way through that. It's a very valuable experience. Any cancer patient is a library. They say that, you know, when an older person dies, the library has just died. I think cancer patients are massive libraries because you can learn so much through that adversity. And therefore, I think you become a very, very useful part of society. So find your niche, find your passion and do something actually about that. Now, I'd like to give you some tips from survivors in the past. It's great having worked over 40 years and worked with more than 16,000 patients because I've heard a lot of things from survivors um, at all different levels. And the first tip from survivors is to be as real as you can possibly be, being real to yourself and being real to others. And some people have said this might make you unpopular because if you were a nice person before cancer because you were just being nice to everybody because you felt that was what you had to be, after cancer you may be a different person because of the experience that you've had. Um, people have said that there's just issues that you know, there's personal qualities in your heart of hearts that you know and... Uh, that they feel like that they've used and tapped into perhaps some kind of intuition that they may have ignored before. 
Survivors have also said that they found it was best when they did not make sudden and stressful changes in their life. No matter how dire the prognosis was or the diagnosis, these people have taken time to think. They've stopped, smelled the roses and not just run for the next book or run to Dr. Google to find out what they should do next. So they've said to me that taking time, asking questions and seeking guidance was especially important with life-altering conditions. And cancer really is a life-altering condition. The third little tip. They realised that the diagnosis of cancer had registered as a shock. Now, not in the beginning. It was only when they sought the help of a counsellor or a nurse practitioner or someone like myself that they actually realised that how traumatic the time had been for them and how they never sometimes dealt with it well enough and that at some stage it was going to have to be dealt with. Um, they described themselves, some of them, of feeling like soldiers who'd just returned from a war zone. So I know that in the studies that most cancer patients will suffer from some degree of post-traumatic stress syndrome. Important to realise it. It can save a lot of anxiety down the line. And if you think, oh, I'm okay, that's I'm not in that realm, you know, I'd suggest maybe do your journaling, maybe consult a counsellor and just see whether that's the case because toughing it out um, can be a real problem for you too if there are these issues because they tend to get in the way of living. And let's face it, you want to be living after cancer. You've been through this tremendous experience and you want to absolutely get the most from your livingness. Conserve energy, they say. Don't waste it. Don't sweat the small stuff anymore because you need that energy from which you can then derive your passion for living. Avoiding information overload. Again, taking time. Another one of the tips from survivors. Information overload can come to us in so many ways. And sometimes in that period we talked about before, the void, when there's the empty hole or the empty nest, or your treatment stopped and there's nothing happening. That's a time when you can start to really run into um, the books, um, the CDs that are around, and it becomes seeking, seeking, striving, striving, energy consuming, time consuming, time wasting sometimes because a lot of that material may not be appropriate to you and you can get really, really busy during that time and I'd suggest you really have to watch it because that can be all consuming to you if you are dealing with cancer or have dealt with cancer. You're better to look during that time as to filling it with the useful things of life at some stage, there is a time when you won't be a cancer patient. And if you want to during that time after treatment, you could in reality think of yourself as I'm no longer a cancer patient. I'm just a person who has to be careful with my life and monitor my health situation. So that can be quite a good reframe to make um, in terms of your survivorship. Avoid the trap, they say, of getting stressed while trying to de-stress. 
and that's a little bit about too what we've just uh, talked about. So many people are stressing out in life and to try to do healing at 100 miles an hour and instead plan your life. Now, all the survivors have said to me, well, you know, I never planned my life. There was just one event that just happened, one after another after another. I just, I fell into things. All my life I've been falling into things. And now cancer's given me the opportunity to plan. It's given me the opportunity to use my life well in the days, in the years, in the whatever it is that I have left and live it to the full because I've been to a place that is very dark, they say, and I know what that's like. And now I've chosen to make this new run in my life for survivorship and for really enjoying life as it comes to me. These people have made plans. They've even done mind maps of their situation. Um, They've planned for six weeks, for 12 weeks. They've planned the trip next year that they're going to take, the trip they've always wanted to do. And they've made these plans in very practical and very doable portions. So I think that that is a very, very wise uh, path to take. You don't have to change it all at once. You don't have to get that bucket list going and do it at 100 miles an hour because quite often you could do that and miss the whole experience because it was done so, so quickly and in a, in a great deal of stress. So we're going to uh, take another break now on Navigating the Cancer Maze and come back for our last session soon. Don't go away. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute, as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Goller Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegollerinstitute.com or email institute at gracegoller.com. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Goller Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options in implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Goller Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. 
Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back. I'm Grace Gawler, your host for Navigating the Cancer Maze. Talking about survivorship, one of the last tips from survivors is that they said, Indeed, I've learned that there's no one-size-fits-all. I've realized that I'm unique as a human being, and I've realized that the solution to my illness is also unique. And one important point that so many people have discussed with me is that they feel like being a survivor has this kind of I have to survive energy about it. But some people can be honest and say, look, I'm actually feeling like it's enough. It's my time. And I'm actually happy and okay with surrendering. This is certainly not a cop out. People simply live till they die. And you can live well with cancer until that point. I think communication is the thing that came up with most people who are long-term survivors, that they've communicated their choice to do what they want to do so that everybody around them actually knows what's going on. They don't have to put on a mask. They don't have to be false and talking from their false self-system. Um, that it gives everybody a real comfort and an ease to know what's going on. So most people who come through the experience of cancer and who have taken these approaches have something quite special about them, something that can be identified. They can be seen as people who might have what you'd call a good deal of presence about them. People talk also from that group of making conscious choices. And when you make a conscious choice about something, it's a choice that has substance to it. And it's a choice that, yes, it may have had some consequences, but it was a conscious choice. And you often have no regrets around that. So uh, that's been something that I found particularly helpful from talking about with patients, handling their situation through conscious choice. And so many people, again, say, look, I was pushed hither and thither along the pathway. Um, I felt like life was controlling me. I wasn't in control of my life anymore. And then I started making some conscious choices and cancer actually gave me the opportunity to do that because if I knew if I didn't take some control of my life that I would not have a life. Um, and these are the things that surround this area of survivorship. They can sound quite mystical and quite off in the distance when you're going through the experience of cancer. But these are the kinds of things that we teach as survivorship strategies. And once again, I'll remind you that we are having a survivorship course at the end of March. A few places left for people who are within Australia. It's a weekend course. It's a full two days. You need to be very fit. Um, it's for patients only, and it's for patients who are either early in diagnosis or are feeling quite well because the course is quite arduous in the sense of your requirement to focus and um, to be able to do a lot of group exercises with people to process a lot of the material that we're going to be presenting in that course. Now, the other thing um, that I'm going to do this weekend is on the blog, grayschoolermedia.com, I'm actually going to put up my three essential stages of healing chapter, and that will be a free download for anybody who wants to take a look at that. The three stages of healing is something that's a very important model for using in survivorship. 
and uh, that's there free of charge for you. It will be on the blog grayscallermedia.com and it will be available immediately after the show uh, today. So do have a look there. Um, I think one of the things I'd like to now go through with you is the sorts of things that we're going to be doing in our survivorship course. I think it's very difficult just to go back to the beginning of today's show to be a cancer patient when no one teaches you how to be a cancer patient. So we've designed our Survivor Academy, Survivor Training, if you like. So during that program, we're going to give everybody a personalised health restoration plan. We're going to show you how to make that plan and we're going to provide you with a manual of how-tos for those different sorts of strategies, some of which we've talked about today. Importantly, we're also going to be helping you to avoid the mistakes made by so many well-intentioned and enthusiastic cancer patients. We're going to talk about how you can be a participant, participatory medicine, um, one who can use critical thinking. We're going to go through and show you how you can make informed choices and how you can actually use the criteria of critical thinking for research Research becomes quite a, um, a challenging aspect for many cancer patients who have never had to do research before. And there's a number of skills that you need to develop in being able to look at what you see on the internet and think, is this for real? Is this going to help me? How factual is this? And can I or will I apply it to my situation? So I think those skills are going to be really important. Uh, We will have Dr. Bruce Whelan, by the way, who's going to accompany us for some of that training course, and he's going to really be available for talking you through the need for case management uh, and showing you some of the aspects of case management for um, working with cancer. Again, it's a very understated aspect of cancer medicine, but if you're one of those people that's wanting to take control of your health and is wanting to get the best out of the medical system and the best out of the complementary system, you really need some guidance as to how you can best do that. Um, We're going to talk about questions that you can ask your oncologist We're going to look about international referrals as well. What about those clinics that are overseas in Mexico and far distant places that are offering wonderful treatments? I've had a lot of experience in taking cancer patients overseas on many tours, also of referring patients as well as visiting a number of overseas clinics. I know the pitfalls and a lot of patients who go to those clinics may in fact only be getting 30 or 40% of the value um, from that clinic because of many of the things they don't know about that go on uh, sort of behind the scenes if you like, many questions they haven't asked and one of the biggest pitfalls is when people come back from overseas clinics to Australia and then they have to fit in and find a system that's going to accommodate them, and that's often really difficult. It's difficult enough for patients who are trying to navigate their way here in Australia or in America or in in England just using the local surrounds to try to get their needs met. So we really focus on training to help you to get your needs met so that you can navigate the cancer maze more independently but still with the help of a guide. 
Um, in those courses, we teach you how to do the stress reduction, the circuit breakers, and to not get caught up in information overload as well. I'll refer you now to the website, gracegoolerinstitute.com. Even if you are not a participant in the course, as I said, we will be doing this uh, in a distance manner in the near future. But have a look through even some of the points that we have on the site at gracegoolerinstitute.com and go to the page that says Survivor Training. And even if you just have a look through there, I'm sure you're going to find some very, very useful things as well on the blog, of course. We will also have some useful things. Now, also, um, look for Navigating the Cancer Maze Australia for those patients who are living in Australia or in the Pacific or Asia region. Navigating the Cancer Maze Australia will be coming to you soon. So we've come to the end of today on Voice America, Navigating the Cancer Maze. I hope you found this session to be helpful. I think uh, looking at aspects of survivorship needs to get out there in the arenas more regularly. I think that a lot of the patient blogs and a lot of the forums get far too bogged down in treatments. What treatment are you having? I'm having this treatment. I think we need to look more at the strategies behind how you navigate the cancer maze, how you strategize and plan your way through it, like you're making a business plan uh, for your recovery. These things perhaps are even more important than the treatments that you might be having because you will get better value out of those treatments if you strategize well. Have a great weekend. And uh, I've enjoyed having you here on Navigating the Cancer Maze. Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone.